everybody. Welcome to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me is the Kathy to my Ouija, Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? Hey, Ouija. Hey, man. So we are continuing our watch through of the first season of Are You Afraid of the Dark? And we had just watched episode four, The Tale of the Twisted Claw, which was actually the pilot episode of the Canadian version, but whatever. <laughs> Who cares? We're watching the United States release, so so how are you doing, Brandon? I'm doing okay. That's good. I haven't talked to you in a whole week. Anything new going on with you? Uh, I started watching the show What We Do in the Shadows. Have you ever seen the movie? No, I've never heard of any of that. What is that about? Oh, man. Uh, it's like a mockumentary kind of... Sounds like uh, vampires. Yeah, the office-style show about vampires. So is it funny or serious? Oh, it's very funny. Oh, perfect. Uh, have like... you ever seen Flight of the Concords? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Uh, one of the guys from that is in it. The only episode I remember about Flight of the Concords is one where they like, uh, they do David Bowie from different like time periods uh, yeah. or something. That's the best episode. That's the only one I remember. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so that movie is very good, and this TV series is based on the movie, and it's yeah. like kind of the same thing but with different characters. Okay. And the the show's good, but the characters I don't like as much so far. You don't like them as much as their movie counterparts. Yeah. Okay. The movie characters are better. Well, that makes sense. I bet you people felt that way with Buffy. Maybe. You know, somebody probably did. Yeah. I forgot that was a movie. It had uh, fucking Pee Wee Herman in it, didn't it? Did it? I don't know. I never I seen it. I think so. I kind of want to watch it now. Not as Pee Wee Herman. He's a vampire, I think. Oh, so it's uh, Paul Rubin or whatever his name is? Yeah, yeah. That's okay. That's the ticket. I haven't been doing much this week, man. Uh, it's pretty much just been uh, editing. What did I play? Did I play anything? No, I didn't. Play Nothing? Anything. No, I didn't play anything. Well, I'll talk about it later because it pertains to the story a little bit. But um, I've been getting my house like dog-proof because we're getting a dog today. But other than that... That's exciting. Yeah, yeah. We're adopting her from uh, Animal Shelter today. Oh, I did make dinner last week and I cut almost every fingernail with a, uh, my potato peeler. almost it's like three of five fingers on my left hand that got cut i was also like half drunk the whole time so you know oh okay that'll happen yeah all right so you want to get into this episode with me yeah let's get into it all right the tale of the twisted claw um overall i thought this was a pretty good one i think i don't It, it was okay i mean it's a pretty classic story it definitely felt like a pilot to me actually it did, yeah. It had a different feeling to it. Yeah. And that's okay. Like, um, you know, this story starts out, uh, I mean, I'm going to get out a little bit ahead of it, but, like, Frank is already a Midnight Society member, um, and the kids are just, it feels like the first time that they're getting together, you know? Yeah. Continuity-wise, it's a little weird. Yeah, especially since... The Tale of the Phantom Cab is the one where Frank gets his introduction, and this yeah. was the pilot episode, and he's already there. So I kind of like that, at least in the United States release order, that this one came after, because the Frank introduction really is a good starting point for the whole yeah. Midnight Society. I mean, there's only one part of this episode where it's kind of obvious that it's out of order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll probably get to that, too, because I'm pretty sure yeah. I wrote it down. 
But yeah, overall, I like the story. And, you know, when I told you in the intro that <clears throat> some of the stories are based off of like folklore and stuff, um, mm-hmm. this was the kind of the one that I was thinking of where it's just such a um, well-known story to, to work with. So the episode starts out with, with like a fake out kind of episode going on. Um, yeah. it's, a, it's a way different introduction. Well, it's, it's a big difference um, in introduction for like episodes later but it's kind of the same as in was it the phantom cab or no i think it was tale of laughing in the dark where yeah laughing in the dark started right away yeah a false start where it started and then it was like no no that start sucked yeah and then betty ann had to start the whole story over again that's kind of the same of this one four episodes now we've had half of them that have started kind of that way yeah and you can kind of tell like like you said this is the pilot you can tell because of that and i'm i don't want to say for sure but i think this is the last one that does this kind of thing hmm. yeah because later on if i remember right there's not so many like cuts to the midnight society that are pointless and that's mostly like a season one kind of thing after that they cut that shit out yeah. but this they episode we're here to see yeah exactly so this episode starts out with like a kid that's sleeping in his bed uh he opens his eyes and he's just like, not again. And his closet door opens up and the, this like shape under a black blanket flows out. And then it inches closer to the kid's face while the fog's rolling in. And the kid's just laying there. And like his face is just, his face is just like, is, is he going to do it? Is he going to touch me? <laughs> <laughs> and I just laughed about that. It's like, is he going to oh, touch man. me? <laughs> When the door opened and the mist started flowing out, it looked mm-hmm. like smoke, and I was thinking of Zebo oh, and the Lord. cigar smoke. Yeah, the kid's just sitting there like, oh, it's like <laughs> cigars. <laughs> yeah, I like how the phantom like slides across the floor like he's on roller skates. Yeah, I like that imagery too. I, th- I mean, that's how I would don't see touch it. my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so so this kid's laying in his bed he's like is the phantom gonna touch me is he gonna do it and then he just tosses off his blanket and and he wakes up and it's daytime like it just instantly throws the blanket over and then it's daytime and he's like yeah. oh i hate that dream and then he looks over and the black shape ghost thing is still there and he looks at the camera and he's like he just screams like a little baby girl and it's yeah <laughs> i like the scream <laughs> like his face when he screams is really funny uh, i'm totally gonna post that one to instagram and he just screams like a little girl <laughs> he screams and like his scream mixes with kiki yeah. screaming yep kiki it's... and, and Kristen screaming yeah it's pretty cool yeah. i mean i don't know i don't want to give it that much credit it's not pretty cool it's it's okay <laughs> Right. it's garbage let's just it. <laughs> it's bullshit <laughs> yeah, right. so it cuts to the midnight society whose members are also screaming like little girls because at first it shows kiki and then Kristen, betty ann then it cuts to betty ann and she's like super into it and david just kind of looks around with these wide eyes like oh my god he looks like um he just looks like he's hungry or something like he like he just seen a buffet and he's really hungry <laughs> Kiki asked Eric what happens next, but Eric just says, I don't know. Yeah, I, I thought, like, what the hell? Why This guy just shows up to 
the Midnight Society, and he's like, I got a story to tell you. Mm-hmm. And then he, like, he doesn't even have anything in mind. He has, like, uh, like ten minutes of a story prepared, um, and then when they're like, this is just getting good, what happens next, Eric? Tell us. He's just like, I don't know. So, like, I have to wonder how the Midnight Society actually works. Like, the rules they have, do people sign up to tell a story that week, or do they just all get together and go, does anybody have a scary story? What if nobody has a scary story? Do they just go home? The way that I kind of understood it is that somebody had to have, like, the story prepared and they have to, like, send out, I don't know, the letter through the mail saying, hey, I got a story like we're going to meet this week. So Eric come, came to the meeting unprepared. He couldn't even give any sort of resolution to the stupid story. Um, Betty Ann says that she loves cliffhangers, but Gary says he wants a full story and it's almost time yeah. to go. So... That makes me think that Eric called them all together and said, I got this story. Maybe they haven't had like a good story or a full story in a while, so he yeah. just wanted to get the gang together and then was like, well, I'll just I'll just riff off it. I'll just wing it when I get to it. And then he just didn't. <laughs> yeah, well, somebody after that says, you shouldn't call a meeting if you don't have a story. So, yeah, yeah it I, sounds that's like... Frank. Sounds like they... They go, hey, everybody, I have a story. Let's meet this week. Yeah. But, like, it's a real shitty move to call a meeting and just be like, yeah, whatever. I don't have it, a story. It is. That's why I think maybe they just hadn't had a get-together in a while and Eric was just fiending for, like, human interaction or something. Yeah. I mean, he kind of looks like his parents don't feed him or anything, so probably <laughs> he probably doesn't have a great home life. <laughs> so David steps up and says that he's got a story. Uh, Frank makes fun of him. I can't remember what he says. Kristen says, awesome. You haven't told one in a long time, David. Even though the last episode that we seen as the American audience was Tale of the Lonely Ghost, which was the one that David did. Yeah, that's so, the part. That's... that's the continuity thing. Yeah. But, I don't know. It It's stupid, but it's, I guess it's not that big of a deal. Maybe Kristen it's... just didn't remember his story because it was boring. <laughs> Yeah, she didn't remember the story and the present that she got him. Yeah, that he she wasn't wearing him. that necklace, so. Yeah. No, no. So anyway, David says that he's been working on this one for a long time. And Gary hands him the bag of sugar and David starts his story, the tale of the Twisted Claw. So David starts the story off by telling us that it was the night before Halloween, the night of tricks, the night they call Mischief Night, which when I was a kid, it was called Devil's Night. Yeah, we always called it Devil's Night. Yeah. So it it opens up and it shows all of these kids, right? And they're doing like typical mischief night. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just call it that from now on. Yeah, <laughs> Mis- don't do that. You, you don't want me to call it mischief night? No, don't do that. Just devil's night? I mean, it's yeah. only, we're not going to talk about it for much longer anyway. No, you have like one more time to say it. So it opens up and like there's a bunch of kids everywhere. And they're doing devil's night pranks, you know, putting um, silly string on cars, probably egging houses toilet paper and cherries what have you but they're yeah. all wearing incredibly bright clothing yeah these are uh amateurs yeah they're wearing like and you you can tell by paint. the way that they're throwing the toilet paper and just totally missing the trees yeah they are <laughs> they're like i know we're gonna have to clean this up just just don't aim for any branches just toss it up <laughs> like you're trying to juggle just throw it up and catch it it's fun yeah so these kids have like bright pink like hoodies on and like white and stuff and 
Like, if you're going to do that kind of stuff, you should be wearing black, obviously. Yeah. So the kids are in the middle of doing this stuff, these nondescript, who cares kids, and then this voice calls from the house. It's like, hey, hey, you kids, what are you doing out there? It's just like the the most generic dad voice. Yeah, the voice sounds like dubbed in. It does, for sure. And then the kids like kind of start to leave, but not really. And then the scene shifts the uh, the scene shifts over to uh, two other kids. Yeah, it just kind of cuts to two other children that are walking up to gated fences. One of the kids is scared and doesn't want to go up to the house, which is, I'm assuming that they're going to try and prank this house on, on Devil's Night. While the other kid prods him on, calling him a chicken, saying he's afraid of the witch in the house. That is such a running theme of this show. It really is. It's one kid who's always like, hey, you're scared? I'm cool. Yeah, and then the one that gets taunted is just like, I'll show you. And then they go along with whatever whatever wacky and nonsense gets them into you know, unbelievable predicaments later. Yes. It's a morality tale. Yeah. Peer so pressure gets you killed by ghosts. <laughs> well, nobody... I guess Nanny died. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that ghost, that boring ghost has the highest kill count of any monster in this series. So, I was thinking about that episode when I was editing it, and we said that the ghost was really passive, right? But she did trap Beth. Like, she took a live prisoner (laughs) to get what she wanted. Yeah. I mean, if Nanny had gone in that car, do you think that the ghost would have just walked back in that mirror? Because I don't think so. No, Beth that ghost just was died. out. That ghost was free. She was. She would have probably went out to go find Nanny. And yeah. you know what She's else? probably out to go get Beth's roller skates. She probably wants Beth's bear collection. Oh, God. She wants all her stuff. All of her stuff. Because another Beth would thing just I be screaming, of. banging on the mirror, like, don't touch my stuff. <laughs> so another thing that I was thinking about was... Um, you know when it the the mirror flashes and it shows the um, fully furnished room with all the bears and stuff. Yes, I was thinking that um, Nanny, because after her little girl died and they like evacuated the house of all of her stuff, um, Nanny went and worked for Dottie to take care of baby Beth. And I think that's why Beth has such a like an interest and love of all the dolls and bears and stuff is because Nanny's daughter loved all that stuff, as you can see from how much shit she had in her room so beth's like fascination came from nanny giving it to beth right whoa i know there's so many layers to that episode it is it's i still don't understand the clothes touching but no but but it happened (laughs) (laughs) all right so getting back into this episode yes so since it's the 90s that kid takes the bait and they walk through the gated fence and they begin their mischief. Yeah, their plan is kind of lame. They're just going to go and silly string or shaving cream. Shaving cream. The door. The door. Yeah. Like, that's lame as shit. It is. I agree. David lets us know that these kids' names are Kevin and Dougie. Dougie. So it looks like these little shits are the main heroes for this story. Uh, he goes on to say that the two boys are best friends and that Kevin was way more daring. So, Kevin, essentially this means that Kevin is the douchebag friend. Yeah. Uh, he's not that bad, though. But He's what, the DBF of this episode. Yeah, the douchebag friend. 
David gives some foreshadowing about how Kevin's going to get exactly what's coming to him in this episode. Even though he really doesn't. But No, he doesn't at all, actually. Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't know what David's talking about. No, everything bad happens to Dougie. The one who doesn't <laughs> want to do anything. Well, there is one thing that I can think of, but we'll get there when we get there. Dougie bumps into Kevin, who was walking up the steps to the witch's house. And Kevin says, um, and this took me like a ton of times. This took me probably four or five times to listen to hear what he was saying. He says, What are you doing, Dipwad? She might hear us. What are you doing, Dipwad? She's going to hear us. And yeah, I wrote it first... down as well. Well, when I first listened to it, it sounded like he said Dickwad. Oh, I didn't hear that. I have a foul mind, apparently, so that's all you right. You hear dicks everywhere. <laughs> I, I, I seek them out, especially in children's television. <laughs> <laughs> Um, also, the thing that I thought was funny about the scene is that Dougie didn't make any noise. Um, in fact, Kevin made more noise when he was talking to Dougie than Dougie made sneaking up on Kevin. Classic DBF mood. Yeah, right? Like, Dougie didn't make any noise, and you're sitting there like, Oh my god, you dickwad! Like, <laughs> I think the witch is gonna hear that. And the, I think the witch did hear that, because the camera looks at a window, and I swear to god, there's these... <laughs> Little tiny baby fingers that move the curtain <laughs> aside. <laughs> I looked at that and I was like, "That is a baby's fingers." Like, yeah, maybe it's a twisted claw. I mean, it's like a twisted baby hand, but <laughs> eh, maybe she's got those too. She's just got baby hands. Like she's how... a weird woman. Uh, she is. I like her. Well, do yeah. I like her? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah. So the boys make their way to the front door, and Kevin has this can of shaving cream. He aims it at the front door, and just as he's about to start spraying, the door opens, and a woman with a gorgeous pearl necklace like Marge Simpson, uh, some sweet and sassy glasses, and just this heavenly permed hair gets sprayed in the face with the shaving cream. (laughs) I like the sound she makes (laughs) when she gets hit. Oh, She's like, oh! (laughs) (laughs) and kevin he aims at the door and he waits just a split second for her to open the door yes because he knows she's gonna open it (laughs) so the old lady well she's not even that old she just dresses (laughs) like an old lady but hey when you're a kid everyone over the age of 20 is old that's true especially back then so she recoils from the attack and knocks down a vase in her just blind frenzy. Yeah, what did she have that thing like right behind the door? Yeah, yeah, it was on a pedestal. She took like two steps back and knocked her vase that apparently you have to walk around when you walk in the door. Yeah, she knew that vase was there. Like I know she got hit in the face with with foam and stuff, but um, I would have enough sense to know where the like decor of my house is, and I wouldn't knock down the vase, but. That's her fault. She's the one that put up like a priceless vase on a pedestal yeah. right next to the door. That feng shui is all off. <laughs> yeah, she's not going to get any points from the happy... Damn it, I don't know what it's called. Something about Animal Crossing. You wouldn't even get it anyway. No. <laughs> so she uh, she shatters that vase on the ground. Kevin urges Dougie to leave, but Dougie's just kind of staring into the house. Uh, it kind of reminded me of Buzz for a moment there, and I was like, oh lord, please help me. Not another buzz. But Dougie is not buzz, thankfully. Kevin pulls him away. Uh, the witch 
<laughs> the witch walks on her porch, all huffing and puffing. She takes off her glasses, and then she just smiles, and she laughs like a villain. She cackles. For ever. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> like oh she's having a good time that was a good prank after all yeah so she just laughs for uh like eight eight full seconds of her just like (laughs) and it's just like stop yeah it's it's not that funny even knowing even knowing what she has in mind it's like yeah okay you're gonna like mess with these kids for a day it's not that funny yeah because we all no it's like two days (laughs) Whoa, okay, that's hilarious. You're right. So (laughs) her her gears are turning and she is about to get her revenge on them kids. So the next scene opens up. One of the kids, I don't know, you can't tell right away which one it is because they have this really crappy Halloween mask on, which uh, I'll probably post another picture of that one to Instagram. It's just so generic and dumb. It's dumb. Yeah. He pretends to be choked to death in front of his father, who's sitting in his chair reading a newspaper, and that dad could not care any less. The kid is just no. like, <laughs> and the kid, the dad is just like, mm-hmm, you know, reading his newspaper. He looks yeah. down at the kid after he's his little fit is is ended, and he's like, "Did you finish your dinner?" <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, I'm choking on it, Dad. Please help." <laughs> <laughs> he could have been choking on his dinner. <laughs> uh, that's like what my dad would do, too. He'd just be like, Are you done here? Can we get on with our lives? So it turns out the kid that was choking, or fake choking, was Dougie. Um, he tells his dad to that he could have at least pretended to be scared like his grandpa used to. Uh, the doorbell rings and Kevin's there. Kevin's like, ta-da, check out my sweet costume. And he's just a bum. Like, the easiest, simplest costume you can make. Just put on... It's like what I wear every single day. Just put on some sweatpants and, like, you're good. You're good to go. Yeah. He says, You're a bum. You're a bum every year. You're a bum. You're a bum every year. Every year. And it's like, should you really be taking costume critiques from the guy in, like, the random old man mask and a white dress? (laughs) All right. Dougie's costume is equally uninteresting yeah like he's not gonna be winning any cosplay costume awards no you know what i think kevin's costume actually took more effort and all he had to do really was put on some sweatpants like get a string with a bag tied on the end you're good to go and it was still more than what dougie did kevin says whatever you know the candy is the same every year too and then um as they walk out of the house there's trick-or-treaters because this is halloween the trick-or-treaters walk into the house, which is really weird. Yeah, I thought it was, like, more of their gang or whatever, but no, no, it's not. It's just three kids. One of them's dressed up, like, as a grape. They just, yeah. <laughs> Got, like, A bunch balloons. of grapes. It's like, yeah, purple balloons taped to yeah. a leotard. And then there's two other ones, and I don't really know if they're supposed to be anything in particular. One's, like, an angel, I think, and the other one... um I don't even know what it was. Like a witch, maybe? I have no idea. Yeah, so they just wander in the house like, oh, what's going on in here? Yeah, it's like instead uh, of them... Ma- um... Make yourself at home, kids. <laughs> Bathroom's down the hallway. <laughs> yeah, do you want a glass of water, kids? Like, So 
the Dougie kid... didn't finish his dinner. Does anyone want that? <laughs> yeah, the kids that are trick or treating instead of waiting on the porch for their candy, they just kind of waltz right into the house, <laughs> and, and that must be just what they do in that neighborhood because um, later on, Kevin and Dougie do it too. So I don't know. Yeah. If no one gives you candy, you go get candy. You go into their house, and if they don't have candy, you eat. You eat their dinner. <laughs> Um, so as Dougie and Kevin are passing by these three kids that walked into the house, um, Kevin tells them that some of the candy has been poisoned this year. And the way he says it just makes it sound like the candy from their house is the one that's poisoned. Yeah, maybe it is. I don't know. And then the kids, like, they look over in their bag slowly, and then they look at the mom, <laughs> and then the scene ends. Their house had a real, like high school play kind of look to it yeah it was probably just like thrown together real quick yeah real shitty staged looking house it had like a pilot episode kind of feel to it so um next we are shown that the kids are walking in front of the witch's house who we find out is actually a woman named miss clove kevin suggests that they go there for some sweet sweet street cred uh since no one is stupid enough to go to the witch's house on halloween it's dumb it's like, stupid. They why just... go back there? They already went the night before. That's not enough for the street cred? I don't know. Just say, hey, we went and knocked over her vase. We're badass. They don't talk to any other children in this episode, though. <laughs> no, they don't. So they're in front of the witch's house. Um, Kevin wants to go in and trick-or-treat because that would be such an amazing story to tell all their no, friends that don't actually exist. Kevin makes fun of Dougie. Um, of course. That's yeah. all people do in this fucking show. Dougie stares at Kevin for a couple of seconds and then the scene transports them right in front of the witch's house. They're right at the front door. Yeah, we're not wasting time watching them walk. Nope. There's enough walking in this episode and a little bit of running, but that's later. (laughs) It'll be pretty soon here. They're transported to the front of the witch's house and Kevin's hitting the doorbell. Uh, It takes her a really, really long time to answer the door, even though the night before, she opened the door before they even, like, knocked on it or did anything to it. Yet, on a night where she is expecting kids to come to her door, she just takes forever. Maybe she's just, like, concerned because she opened the door the night before and got shaving cream in her face, but whatever. I don't know. The kids say trick-or-treat, and she just kind of stares at them through the crack of her door. She's just like, trick-or-treat treat like she doesn't know what the fuck is going on yes what is this foreign concept i don't know so then her brain clicks and she gets it so she opens the door and she grabs the kids and pushes them into her house it it doesn't happen as excitingly as i just said but that's what happened she is fucking stoked to have them there yeah so that's where i say this must be something for the neighborhood because Kids just go into the house to get their candy. Mm-hmm. I said that's not how trick-or-treating works. Just hand them the candy and let them be off on their way. She says she's glad that somebody finally came and that she loves Halloween, even though she just acted like she had no uh, idea so what the fuck was going on. she does know what it is. Yeah, right? But nobody ever stops by. She laughs with the kids about how maybe the kids think that her house is haunted, and the kids are like, eh, yeah, yeah get the, let's get the fuck out of here. You know? Yeah, they're very uncomfortable. Yeah, and I understand why. But, I mean, the street credit will be worth it. Yeah, the street credit, which you're going to tell nobody because you don't interact with any other fucking kid in this damn episode. (sighs) 
So the uh, the old witch gets a better look at their costumes, and Dougie's like, come on, lady, we got a bunch more houses to hit. Can we just wrap this shit up? But she interrupts him and talks about how she's going to give them a special treat for being the only kids to come and see her, and then off she goes. Dougie and Kevin look down, and they see the vase, which she didn't even bother to clean up. <laughs> she just... She's just like, well, that shit's broken and it's going to stay broken and I'm not going to touch it. It's part of the decor now. Yeah. The witch comes back with like a wooden box that has the claw of a vulture in it. Yeah, it's their special treat. Yeah, who doesn't I want mean, a gnarly claw? That's better claw? than candy. Yeah, right. She says whoever has it gets three wishes, exactly like a monkey's paw. At this point, I'm like, what the fuck, David? You've been working on this story for a while? Uh, you just kind of stole this one because everybody knows about the tale of the monkey's paw. Yeah, he saw that treehouse of horror and he was like, oh, I'll work on this for six months. Uh, what was that one movie we watched one time where like a monkey claps and then people die? Is that any relation to this? I can't remember the actual story of that episode or that movie. I can't either. Was that a mystery science theater? Yeah, it was. The only thing I really remember is that, you know, the monkey's symbols clap and somebody dies and also Chewbacca Was that in Merlin's shop of mystical wonders? It was. It was that, yeah. So Kevin's like, is that going to be three wishes for each of us or three combined? He's asking the right questions. It is. I was like... I wouldn't even yeah. think to like get around the three wishes. Man, if somebody handed me a crusty old vulture claw, I'd be like, three <laughs> wishes, huh? Okay, we'll see ya. <laughs> That's what I would do too. Especially if it's a witch that just like ushered you into her house and gave you a gnarly old claw. Yeah. The witch laughs about it and says that it's three wishes for each of you, which is dope. I love Score. that. Score. I know, right? So Dougie, the smart and sensible one's like, look, lady, can you just give us some candy so we can get the <laughs> fuck out of here? And the witch says, nope. Take this fucking vulture foot and go. Yeah, I'd just be getting out of there anyway. Like, yeah, don't need candy. Yeah. See ya. I mean, I would just take, like, regardless of her story and the wishes and whatnot, if I was uncomfortable like that, I would just take the vulture claw and then just like walk out and then you don't have to you don't have to keep it just throw it away did they really need to go in the house anyway they don't have any other kids there to like see them go into the house so they could just go around and say hey we went to the witch's house oh my gosh you're right i didn't even think i mean it's not like they were gonna keep the candy and be like look i got this snickers you can tell it's from the witch's (laughs) house by the fact that it's a snickers (laughs) the fact that it was expired in 1979 (laughs) So Dougie slowly grabs it, and the witch tells them to be careful what they wish for, because they might just get it. And then she slams the box closed. The most cliched bullshit, she could say. It is, but you know what? At least it pertains to the story, right? I guess. I mean, spoiler alert, these wishes are not genie from Aladdin wishes. So then, one of my favorite things happens in this episode. The camera just lingers on this old woman's face for like five seconds for no reason it's just she's not even doing anything she's not talking or doing anything she's just staring and it's just like why did you do that she just looks sloppy she's just like (sighs) and that's it (laughs) for like five seconds i didn't notice that well i would say we could make a a gif of it but it would essentially just be a picture (laughs) (laughs) So the boys are walking through the witch's yard talking about how weird she is, and Kevin's making fun of her, as Kevin does. 
Um, Dougie says that he wishes that they could just go home and lose this stupid trick or treating. And he's like, whoa, and drops the vulture's foot to yeah. the ground. Like, as soon as he's finished his sentence. Yeah. Which happens every time in this episode, they go, oh, <laughs> I wish I could have it. Whoa! Yeah, that's, that's, I like it. I think it's so funny. It's such bad acting, and I'm okay <laughs> with it. I think it's Yeah, I think it's, it's good. It's uh, cheesy, but it's good. I like it. Yeah. He ended up dropping the vulture claw because it moved when he made his wish. Which allows us to know that the wish is going to become a true. Kevin makes fun of Dougie again. They head off to get more candy. The kids walk by some older kids uh, in front of a barrel that's on fire, like hobos. Like this is like their source of heat. Kevin should be right at home. <laughs> no, because Kevin doesn't have a home. <laughs> <laughs> He's always at Dougie's house. <laughs> and these characters, these older punks. These hooligans. Are like West Side Story mixed with clockwork orange yeah i didn't even think of that but you're right yes because their masks are really dumb they have they're just shitty masks and um they threaten the kids in the form of these like face shots to the camera where they talk in this distorted voice yeah Yeah, all of them had these weird modulated voices and i didn't understand like the point of it see um when i watched it i figured it was because these these teenagers they're not real they they're conjured up from the wish that's the only explanation i could give is that they're not actually really real people yeah. they just okay, got conjured that's a good up. point actually so these hooligans are threatening the kids you get some candy boys uh one of the girls is like candy's bad for you gives you cavities you know they just talk about how bad candy is for them they laugh um tell the kids to hand it over and kevin resists and one of the teenagers says did i say you could talk snotball so we get another great 90s insult one of them tries to take the candy away from kevin who's like no way i worked all night for this candy and then the jerk threatens kevin's life for fucking candy he wants that candy yeah he's like he could just wander into people's houses and get it but yeah when i'm giving out trick-or-treat candy I don't care if they're teenagers, as long as they have a costume on, which all of these people do. You know, they put some effort in there. Not that I would deny a kid that didn't put effort in there. I don't know what kind of, like, home life they have. If they have enough money for a costume or whatever, I'm going to give them some fucking candy. So these these teenagers have bikes. They could have made the easy trip house to house and gotten their own candy, but they want some small child's candy. Which is another reason why I think they're just conjured up from the claw. Nobody would do this. I think you're right. So the, they try to steal Kevin's candy. During, there's this little fight where, like, you know, they're playing tug-of-war with Kevin's candy bag. Um, Kevin lets go, and the guys just fall over, and the, the two boys run for it. The teenagers get on their bikes and chase them, but the kids hide in some trash barrels. And then we are told, like, twice in a row that Dougie got his wish. Because Kevin says it, and then David does the voiceover that dougie got his wish like yeah we know we've seen it and yeah, then you told us to twice. make sure that it didn't land yes that after he made the wish and the claw glowed mm-hmm. and then what he said happened it's like oh okay so the wish came true i got it yeah exactly they tell us twice that the wish came true which duh that's the whole point of this fucking show obviously it's going to happen so then it's presumably the next day. It shows like a middle school. There's just a bunch of kids walking around in like a hallway that has a bunch of um, lockers. 
all the kids have these just unbranded plain colored clothing or like the bizarre colored schemed clothing of the 80s and 90s where it's just like a color explosion yeah it's pretty it was, it was weird well i guess it wasn't that weird i mean what can you expect and then you can see dougie without his mask on and in good lighting he has just this incredible mullet yeah it's pretty good actually yeah i said he looks like a young joey gladstone <laughs> <laughs> also canadian right yeah, yeah, he is. Um, well, shit, Dave Coulier, he's can he's Canadian. Yeah. Uh, Kevin tells Dougie that he's going to use the claw to get what he's always wanted. Oh, <laughs> I love this part. And then he looks, <laughs> he looks wistfully <laughs> at a young man. up everyone Cortland here your good buddy and your mischief night compadre thank you so much for checking out the fourth episode of our are you afraid of the dark podcast i hope you're having as much fun listening as brandon and i are of making this podcast if you are having a good time and want more interaction with us we have a few ways you can do that first you can email us private island presents at gmail.com we want to hear from you guys send us your memories and stories about watching are you afraid of the dark do you have a favorite episode? Well, just let us know. Follow us on Instagram at Private Island Presents, where I post daily pictures, and you can join in the Caption This Image weekly game. Follow us on Twitter at PRVT Island, where you can get our latest up-to-date information on when episodes release, or any behind-the-scenes information, such as when I go live on Twitch. I'm going to be live-streaming the editing process for those fans that are looking for the true behind-the-scenes experience. Follow us at PRVT Island on Twitch. A special thank you to All Hail the Badger for his work on the music for our podcast, and uh, actually for Brandon too, because he does the artwork for our podcast. If you like what you hear, let others know about it. Word of mouth is a great way to help a podcast grow, and we'd really appreciate it. Feel free to give us your review on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or wherever you're listening to this from. Thank you again for listening and downloading, and I'll let you get back to our episode. See you later, folks. Bye. What I've always dreamed of. Yes. (laughs) The camera pans over to essentially the perfect middle schooler got this golden flowing mullet he can like it can almost be seen just blowing up gently in the wind um uh, while there's like women flocking to him his name is bostick which is yeah. the weirdest name i've ever heard but whatever yeah, it's not a cool kid sounding name yeah my name is Cortland. i've never met another Cortland, and i've certainly never even heard of a bostick before so for a moment it looks like kevin wants to wish for his affection it's great i love it so funny but no kevin wants to beat bostick in a race even though kevin has not said a word about being a runner whatsoever dougie says that nobody beats bostick and kevin certainly can't do it apparently he forgot that they have a magical claw that grants wishes even though they were just talking about it 30 fucking seconds kevin constantly just keep saying oh that claw is not real the witch mm-hmm. is lying you're stupid for believing it yep but then he's like oh i'm gonna wish for i'm gonna use it now 
Yeah. Even though I don't believe it works. Yeah. It's silly. So Kevin makes the wish. He also says that he wants the claw to give him something he's wanted since he was a kid. Motherfucker, you are a kid. He is, yeah. Because these kids are only like, maybe like 11 or 12 at the most. Yeah. So Kevin makes the wish. He says, I wish... I wish it could beat Bostick in the 600. Whoa! I wish... I wish I could beat Bostick in the 600. Whoa! (laughs) Because immediately... I love it. I know, me too. So the claw moved again. The wish was been granted. He dropped it. That's what the whoa came from. The next scene, a fat gym coach is just yelling at all these kids, um, screaming about the 600. Like, really yelling at them with this megaphone and everything. All these kids are wearing these plain white sweatshirts and blue sweatpants. And when I say that, I mean all of them in that scene. They are all wearing these the same clothes. Yeah, it was like their uniform. Yeah, it was weird, but it was just a plain white sweatshirt. I mean, in the in the next scene, it shows some of the kids have shorts on, but they all had the same white sweatshirt on. And underneath that white sweatshirt, there's a plain white t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, I like when... Uh... He pulls off his white shirt to reveal a white shirt underneath. What is that noise in the background? Uh, It's probably an airplane. Or no, a helicopter. Oh, Just okay. wait a little while for it to go away. Okay. I live right by a, uh, like a military air force base. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so there's planes all the time. That's... Okay, it sounds like it's gone now. Yeah, That's annoying okay. though. And action. So Bostick runs by just a bunch of dudes, giving them high fives because he's so rad. Yeah, he's hot shit. He really is. He's fucking Bostick. He's Bostick. (laughs) The fat coach pops up behind Kevin and Dougie and just screams at them. And then they get up and start running. Um, They get, like, ready to go for this 600 race or whatever it is. And Bostick tells Kevin good luck. And at this point, I just don't understand what... What is wrong with Kevin? Why does he not like Bostick? When he says good luck to Kevin, it's not like a good luck loser. It's like a genuine good luck, man. He's like, hey, everybody, let's just have fun. It doesn't matter who wins. Kevin's like, Bostick. Oh, that motherfucker. (laughs) It's really weird. And also, at this point, when Bostick talks, I I realized who Bostick is. Did you catch who it was? What? No. Yeah. It's Denny from the Phantom Cab. Whoa. No yeah. shit. It is, yes. He's a little wow. bit younger, but it's Denny. I looked it up on IMDb just to make sure, and it definitely is Denny. And also, um, a lot of the actors have two or more episodes under their belt. So I'm not going to play, like, find the actor through them, but I just thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. So the coach starts the race, and the most Danger Zone ripoff music I've ever heard. Oh my heard god, I thought the exact same thing. <laughs> Highway <laughs> to the Bostic Zone. <laughs> Yeah, I heard that, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? That was my immediate thought upon hearing the first drum. Yes. And I was like, like, oh, this is some Top Gun shit. (laughs) A wannabe Top Gun shit. So the kids are running around. Bostick's flowing mullet is in the lead. Uh, Dougie cheers Kevin on. 
and Kevin makes it to second place somehow. And then the camera stops on Dougie as they run by him, and Dougie just slowly looks over. He looks behind him at a tree for seemingly no reason, and then it oh, like the trees barking. Yeah, the well, it growls first, right? And um, but the thing I don't get is like, why did Dougie stop and like slowly look behind him? Yeah, because it wasn't, it didn't growl until Dougie was looking at it. What what was he doing? Why was he doing that? Nobody just stops everything and looks at a tree when their best friend is in the middle of a race. Doesn't make sense. So we're showing the race again for a split second. Then it goes back to the tree and it growls and barks. So we can tell it's a dog behind the tree. Uh, the, they show the tree like again a few times. And then yeah, it finally... It cuts back and forth between the race and the tree like a hundred times. Yeah, it's super tense. And finally, um, a dog runs from behind the tree in slow motion and it runs after Bostic, who is about to reach the finish line, uh, with Kevin right behind him. Dougie slow motion yells, "No!" I love that. <laughs> the dog runs in front of Bostic, who gives out a slow mo. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and then he falls over, does a couple of rolls, and Kevin gleefully jumps over him. To get that first place in the prestigious 600. And also, when Kevin's doing like his slow-mo victory stuff, we can hear the witch laughing again in the background. So, does Kevin feel like this is a great victory for him? Did you see the way that he just like happily jumped over Bostic? Yeah, he's like, yeah, I win. This is what I've always wanted. I've always wanted to win by technicality since I was a kid. This is what he's been training for. If I could cheat my way to the top, then I'll have it all. So Kevin's all like, I did it! And Dougie's like, but it was the dog. And then they look at Bostic, who's writhing in pain on the ground. And all these people are rushing up to his aid. Instead of, like, congratulating Kevin on his victory. Yeah, how dare they? (laughs) I'm okay with it. Bostic seems like Kevin worked his ass off for that victory. (laughs) And you're just going to worry about this crippled boy. (laughs) With a broken leg, yeah. screaming and writhing on the floor. He's like... Some people. He's like, oh, God, it hurts, it hurts. As the fat coach is like, you okay, son? He's still writhing on the ground as Dougie and Kevin walk up and ask if he's okay. Uh, nope, guys, he's not. He's not okay. His baby tumble broke his leg. Yeah, he's like Nancy Kerrigan on the floor. He's got, like, glass bones or something. <laughs> So yesterday I was outside and I had to um, set up a fence so that the dog doesn't get it behind the shed, right? Mm-hmm. And when I got done, I accidentally tripped on my east trough and I fell to the ground and my bones didn't break. And my tumble was way worse than Bostic's. What can I say? I'm My bones are secretly titanium, I guess. Because judging by Bostic's tumble, I should have broken... Nearly every bone in my body, especially the little ones in my You should be in pieces right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You should be held together with glue and... I should be in the hospital. We should not be recording this. No. What are we doing? This know. is so irresponsible. Why aren't you visiting me in the hospital? <laughs> Get over right, here. I'm getting on a plane right now. <laughs> so Kevin enters his first stage of grief denial and says to Dougie, in front of all of those people, he tripped, right? It was just an accident, right? These things happen. Basically, Kevin was like, it wasn't my fault, right? I mean, I didn't summon a dog. No, he didn't put out the hit. So Dougie's like, no, it was the dog. Where's the dog at? And then he looks back at the tree again. 
at this point we get our interlude from the midnight society uh, which immediately sums up everything that we've seen so far yeah very pointless it was kiki says so they each used up one wish and then it pans to gary who says and something evil happened each time to make the witches come true and then eric says he just wished for a million bucks and takes takes his chances and Kristen asks what happened next betty and is just completely ignored because david continues the story saying dougie's parents went to dinner without him so kevin came over to show off his new sweet gold medal for winning the world-renowned 600 Yes, always have to get the parents out of the story as quickly as possible. At least they showed parents in this episode. Yeah, parents exist. They're just pointless. Uh, Yeah, Dougie immediately tells Kevin that his wish is the reason that Bostick broke his leg, and Kevin tells him to shut up, it was an accident. Dougie needs to get a grip. Yeah, there's no magic. (laughs) He just made that wish, and then it came true, but he's like, This kid just can't decide if he believes in the claw or not. So then Dougie brings up his grandpa for the second time, saying if he were here, he'd know what to do. Dougie talks about how his parents would be mad if they found out or something, and suggests they take the claw back to Mrs. Clove, and then he can tell his parents that he did the right thing. But the parents don't even know anything about what's going on anyway, so what the fuck are you talking about, Dougie? Makes no sense. Kevin gets upset about Dougie talking about his folks so much. And I say folks because they just always call these parents folks. Like they're from the 60s or something. So Kevin grabs the the claw and says, I wish you would just lose your folks. And the claw yeah. reacts. That's a pretty shitty thing to say. It is, especially... Even if you don't expect it to come true. Yeah. And, you know, the stupidest part to me is that I said that wrong. Because he begins saying, I wish you would just lose your folks, as he's grabbing the claw away from Dougie. So it's like a premeditated murder. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The claw turns green and he drops it. The wish is granted. Kevin tries to act like he didn't just get a wish granted, but Dougie doesn't buy it. Then the phone rings. Uh, Kevin tells Dougie not to answer it, but he does it anyway. It's the police who tell him that his parents are in a car accident. Without getting any more details from the officer, he screams, slams the phone down, and then just throws the entire phone on the ground. He's yelling at Kevin that his parents are in the hospital because of his wish. Dougie grabs the claw off the ground, and he's not sure of what wish to make, so he just says, I wish my grandpa were here. He would know what to do. The claw moves, and then he hurls that fucking claw across the room, which I thought was super ridiculous. Like, you've made a few wishes now. You know how this works. Yeah, you know what's going to move. Does it burn or something? Come on. Not that I can see. He just chucks that fucking claw all the way across the room. Then Kevin gives us the big reveal twist of the episode that Dougie's grandpa that he's been talking about throughout the whole episode is dead. They hear a honk outside and look out the window. A car is just strolling down their road, pulls up their house, and Dougie says that it's, it's grandpa's car. Yeah, so, like, go out and see your grandpa. They act so terrified, but, hey, so go see what grandpa's up to. Dude, if I had the twisted claw, I'd be like, I wish the producers would have made some zombie makeup for this grandpa, and then I would hurl the claw across the room. Because that would be dope. I remember being a kid, seeing this episode, and being like, oh, I just want to see the grandpa. I want to see what they do with him, you know? Yeah, pretty disappointing. They never get to show him. Kevin says they gotta wish zombie grandpa away, so he runs over and grabs the claw, starts to make his wish as Dougie knocks it away, saying that all the wishes that they've made so far have been bad. It shows us grandpa's car with something getting out of there, 
um, slowly walking up to the house while some kind of zombie moans can be heard. It's like, but like distorted. Yeah, but it's a zombie who can drive a car. So I, mean, I know it's, it's got to like, be something going on up there. A zombie that can drive this car and just wants to see his grandkid. Yeah, what a ungrateful little shit. I would be more like, what's he going to do? Uh, He's probably not going to try to eat his brains. No, and if they do, each kid still has one wish left, so they, then they can just be like... I wish Grandpa would stop eating my brains, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> Kevin could just say, I wish you'd lose your grandpa. There you go. Yeah. Done. I, and then zombie grandpa wouldn't be a... Kevin could just keep wishing Dougie's whole family <laughs> away. <laughs> one wish at a time. <laughs> How uh, many cousins do you got? I wish they were all gone. <laughs> So instead of working together and trying to figure out the perfect wish to get them out of this, the boys fight with each other. Kevin is literally crawling over the carpet to get to the claw as Dougie's trying to hold him back. He says, I don't want to meet no ghost like five times. Yeah, but they're just sitting there fighting instead of just working together. Like I said, they each have one wish left. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's stupid. All the while, zombie grandpa makes his way closer to the house. And Kevin says he's got one wish left and he ain't going to meet no ghost. Dougie's like, no, that's the wrong wish. Which is where I said, Dougie has one wish left too, so why not just let Kevin use his last wish to get them out of this immediate danger and then take a few moments to think about the perfect wish to undo everything else. Yeah, that's a good point. The doorbell rings, which stops Kevin, and Dougie reaches the claw, and he wishes that they didn't break Mrs. Clove's vase. Which isn't where I thought he was going to go with that. No, it seems to me like they should have wished that they just never went there on Devil's Night, right? That would make the most sense. Yeah. So, like, he wished that they sprayed her in the face, but she yes. missed her vase behind the door. Yeah, that's what I said. Like, which means they still shot shaving cream in her face. So, it doesn't seem like that would be the right wish, but it works, I guess. The claw disappears as the kids say, Whoa. The doorbell rings, and Dougie really, really slowly walks over to answer it. Um, Kevin hides behind a chair under a desk. The doorbell rings a couple more times because Dougie takes so long to answer it. He opens the door, and thankfully it's his parents. They forgot their keys. They knock like ten times and don't just say, Hey, Dougie, it's us, your parents. Answer the door. I know we told you not to answer it for strangers or zombies, but it's us. Hey, Dougie, it's not zombie grandpa. We were just at the cemetery. We made sure grandpa's dead. Let us in. (laughs) It's really stupid, though. So they say that they forgot their keys. Yeah. But the door wasn't even locked anyway, because he just, like, grabs a handle and opens it up. So the door wasn't locked. Also, they left in a car. Who doesn't put their car keys with their house keys? Yeah, that's really stupid. (laughs) Yeah, it was dumb. These parents are stupid. So the dad walks in and says, if I didn't take them, referring to the car keys, or referring to the house keys, that they wouldn't get taken. And then he sees Kevin, who's barely in frame, under the desk behind a chair and says, hi, Kev. Yeah. I thought that was really funny because you could just see, you could barely see his face poking between the like chair of of the table. Yeah, for being the one who was supposed to be the daring kid, Kevin spends pretty much this whole scene just being a little, a little punk. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, God, it's it's the scary. Ghost. Yeah, and then he hides. So Dougie asks if they're okay, and the parents say that they almost got sideswiped by a maniac on their way back from dinner at, um, like, 
their friend's house or something. I don't know. Doesn't matter. And this is where I said, if they drove to their friend's house, how did they not have their keys to go home, even though the door was unlocked anyway? Makes no sense. Stupid. Dougie gives his parents a hug, and the dad's like, whoa, what the fuck, kid? Why are you showing us affection? It's banned in this shitty house. I want to mention here that Dougie's mom is wearing the puffy shirt from Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she wants to be a pirate. It's Halloween. <laughs> No, it's not. It's the day after Halloween. <laughs> you can still be a pirate. She's a buccaneer. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> the parents go to get some ice cream from the fridge, which is gross. So I, why would it be in the freezer right next to those spaghetti? <laughs> the kids look at each other and they remember zombie grandpa's car parked outside. So they go and check on it and it's gone. Oh, well, yeah. The wish came true. Like, his parents are there. Did they really expect the car to still be there? Well, they're probably like... Like, none of this happened, but zombie grandpa's still coming for you. Well, they probably just want to make sure, you know. They want to double check. After they check and see that the car's not there anymore, they check the phone, and it's not thrown on the ground anymore. And also, Kevin's medal is gone from the beloved 600 race. Um, Dougie tells him that, well, he doesn't have the medal because Bostick has it. He won the race. There was no ghost car. There was no ghost car, and the thugs didn't chase the kids. Dougie made the right wish, and none of that happened. Which also means that Kevin got all of his sweet, delicious candy back. The doorbell rings again, even though they literally just went outside to check and see if that car was still there. Um, They answer the door, and they look down, and they see Mrs. Clove's vase with a note that says trick-or-treat on it. Why did she give him the vase? I don't know. Symbolism. It doesn't matter. It's fucking stupid. This face was so important, and then she just gives it away in the end anyway? Makes no fucking sense. Whatever. I guess it does make a nice little point. And now they're now Dougie's got a sweet face <laughs> to decorate <laughs> his room. <laughs> and then David says, All they could hear was the sound of the wind blowing through the trees. Or was it a cackle of a sly witch? I'm like, David, dude, those don't even sound the same. Because then we hear the witches laugh for the third time this episode, and that's the end of the tale. Another happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> they want to tell scary stories, but they all want to leave feeling good. Well, yeah, you're. I mean, so far you're right. There are some some that don't end so good soon, though. And at least by soon, I mean this season. Um, there's some like downright messed up endings later. Those are the good episodes too. Um, back at the Midnight Society, everybody just kind of looks at each other in delight, and then Gary dumps water over the fire, and that's the end of the yeah, episode. <laughs> they just get the fuck out of there. They're like, oh, that's the end, huh? Well, bye. Yeah, they're like, huh, well, fuck you guys, see you later. Good that's story, I guess. Yeah. That was the tale of the Twisted Claw. Overall, I had a good time with this episode. Yeah, I, this episode was pretty good. I thoroughly enjoyed watching it and writing the notes down for it. Just yeah. because some of the stuff is just so outrageous. The mullets, the witch. The uh, top gun. Yeah, the top gun. <laughs> the dog, uh, the tree. It was a, it was just so dramatic, and I loved it. Let's talk about that witch, though, can we? Yeah. She looked like she had old woman hair. Well, she was an old woman. She had, like, an afro. She reminded me of that one teacher we had. Back in middle school, I don't want to say her name because I don't. She's pro- obviously she's going to listen to this podcast. We were her favorites, after all. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. Who had oh, that I little know. old lady afro? 
old lady afro she had those marge simpson beads or pearls i oh, i loved her <laughs> so what did you think about the episode how'd you how'd you like it i thought the episode was pretty good it wasn't amazing i mean it's kind of just an old story yeah yeah it's something that you've heard before like a little a little new twist on it but the same idea careful what you wish for you're gonna wish for something and it's gonna get twisted around and be terrible and you know what i'm actually surprised how close i was in my prediction yeah. even based on the name <laughs> twisted claw there's not really much there to suggest it's about something giving wishes right right but but i thought it was about a genie giving three wishes yeah you were really close that's what I was. I was all giddy when you were talking. I was like, "Oh my god, he actually got close." <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the closest I'll ever get. It probably is. So I think that this one was um, aptly named because, like, I mean, like you just said, you 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 guessed the story for the most part just from hearing the title. But let's see if we can make it a better name. The Tale of Twisted Claw. What, what kind of alternate title do you think we could give this one? Uh, the Tale of the Hungry Grandpa. <laughs> the tale of the 600 <laughs> the tale of bostic <laughs> i love bostic <laughs> uh, maybe the tale of the witch's curse be better yeah. named yeah. she really she was more like a librarian though really she didn't seem to have magic powers she just kind of harbored magical items is what i kind of yeah. she, she was certainly... known dr vink no, she certainly looked like a librarian, too. She had a vase. That's the coolest thing about her. <laughs> she had a vase and... But now uh, she doesn't, so she's shit. <laughs> she gave that vase away. She gave the vase away. She gave the gnarly claw away. She said, this vase doesn't spark joy, and got rid of it. <laughs> she was probably like, how the fuck did this vase get fixed? I gotta get rid of this shit. <laughs> this vase is cursed. <laughs> so, next week, Brandon... We, yes we have the tale of the hungry hounds when you hear that name what do you think about that one i think of hungry hungry hippos Ooh, that'd be rocking yeah so i think it's about a haunted board game jumanji yeah. style okay that uh has hungry dogs ah so the kids just gotta gather around it and they just smash it getting those marbles yeah, but it's, it's dogs. just half an hour of people smashing <laughs> smashing a board game <laughs> i would be okay with that because hungry hungry hippos is like my favorite board game next to maybe crossfire i've never played crossfire oh it's awesome it's kind of like air hockey but like handheld and you just shoot stuff at stuff i like shooting stuff at stuff it's, then you'd love crossfire maybe someday don't hold me to this one. When I I'll visit you in the hospital, you and I can play Crossfire. <laughs> yeah, right. So um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I know about the Hungry Hounds, because I don't remember a damn thing about this episode. And you want to know why? Why? Because every time it was on and I was a kid, I would turn the channel. <laughs> why? I don't think I like this episode, but I don't remember anything about it. All right. Well, good to go into it knowing. It could be. It could be shit. Top of the line. Yeah. But we'll find out next week. And I... I'm getting tired, man. I have been up all night. I'm ready for bed. How about you? Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> all right. 
See you next week, man. Bye. Bye.